Thank you for tuning into the weekly sermon from Journey of Hope, a United Methodist community. We are a welcoming community that fosters belonging and acceptance. Through ministries, we enable individuals to transform their lives as they learn to follow Jesus Christ. We follow the guidance of the Spirit in sharing our faith through missional adventures, building relationships, and offering our witness to our community and world. We serve the Elgin, Illinois area and are located at the corner of Randall Road and Highland. To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, here is this week's message. The first scripture is from John chapter 4, verses 1 through 15. Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who was baptized, but the disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. The second reading is from John chapter 19 verses 28 and 29 then leaving her water jug the woman went back to town and said to the people come see a man who told me everything I ever did come this must be Messiah may God bless the reading hearing and understanding of his word amen as we gather to hear Hear the message that God has for us today. I want to encourage you to have your your compass guides out, places where you can take notes, scripture passages throughout the week, and questions that you can reflect on. So I encourage you to have those because I know that the Spirit speaks to us as we listen for that message today. And so I'd ask that you would pray with me this morning. Almighty God, We come striving to hear your word, to understand your message for us today. Out of the many words that Jesus spoke, these are the ones that we focus on now. 
So what word is it that you have for us? Speak to us as we are listening. And may the words that I say no longer be my own, but they would be your words for your people. Creator God, break through our lives and journey of hope with new opportunities, new life, and new power to do far more than we could ever imagine. In Jesus' name, amen. So our scripture passage, I know there was a a little mix-up and you saw some of the words, but didn't quite hear them. So let me read these for you. John 19, 28 and 29. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was, was now finished, said to fulfill scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. See, Scripture is full of words that Jesus spoke, those words that we talk about, those words that are written in red, that hold a special meaning for us. And then there are words that that carry more weight, which are the ones that we are focusing on during our time through Lent. Those words that really talk about who God is and the message that God has for us. They are those last seven words spoken from the cross, and those are the ones that we need to pay incredible attention to. And so we do that again today as we look at this next word for us today, I thirst. A few years ago, uh, I was playing softball for my church team. Now, many of you here know all about church softball because uh, there have been many of you who have played church softball. And unfortunately, Andy is not here today. Otherwise, Andy could tell you all kinds of stories, I'm sure. Uh, because actually, Andy and I played uh, maybe against each other at one time because we both played on this Monday night league in Rockford. Uh, but it was always a good time. Always had a great time. We would get some exercise and fellowship time with a, with a group of guys. Well, this particular night was, was like many during the season. We had a doubleheader. The temperature was 95 with about 100% humidity. <laughs> Needless to say, by the time we finished with the game, we were drenched in sweat, absolutely exhausted, and I had an insatiable thirst that I couldn't quench. No matter how much water I drank, I was still thirsty. This has happened at other times in my life, like maybe taking a a long hike or stroll through Starved Rock National Park or State Park or, or even mowing the lawn in the middle of summer. Have you ever been that thirsty? Have you ever been that thirsty And if so, when was the last time you remember feeling that you could probably drink a gallon of water and it still wouldn't quench your thirst? I mean, our bodies uh, scientifically are made up of about 60% water. Our muscles are about 75% water. So it's easy to see how we could become so thirsty. We need water to survive We need water to replenish and to strengthen us. We need water to keep on living. But I wonder about this. What else do we thirst for? What else do you thirst for? What other things do we feel lost without? How about attention? 
We all know someone who seems to have the need to be in the spotlight, don't we? To have everyone's focused their attention on them. Now, since I'm standing up front, I won't, like, pick anybody out, or especially the ones that are kind of elbowing somebody that's sitting next to them. But I saw you. I... Maybe that's you. These people feel lost if others are not paying attention to them. And when they're ignored, they act out or act up in some way to regain this attention. Like drinking water when you are thirsty, the people are just thirsty for attention. We can be thirsty for love. Some, some of the people I know have a profound have a profound relationship problem because they feel that they have this thirst for love, for companionship, for someone to show them how much they love them, so much so that they feel lost when they're not in a relationship. And maybe you know someone like that. So instead of waiting patiently for the right relationship to come along, they rush from one relationship to the next relationship to the next one, never truly finding lasting love that they are so thirsty for. Here's another one. Do you ever run into those people who always seem to have a book in their hand? (laughs) I know there's a few of you out there. (laughs) Maybe always taking another class at ECC or another local college, someone who's always asking questions, looking for answers, have this thirst for knowledge, a thirst for something that can only be quenched by reading, by studying, by asking questions, and by searching out answers. And if they're not doing this, they seem lost. They are thirsty. Jesus Christ, on the cross, cried out, I thirst. Was he thirsty for water, for love, for attention? I don't think it was any of these thirsts. There are a few ideas, however, of what he could have meant by this statement. It could have been a fulfillment of prophecy from Psalm 69. It could have been an emphasis on Christ's humanity. As many people who are near death get very thirsty. Or it could possibly be a statement about the well of living water drying up with his death. It's calls a, a couple of stories in Scripture when Jesus refers to himself as the giver of living water. Jesus asked the Samaritan woman at the well for a drink, more than likely because he was thirsty. It was hot. It was the middle of the day. But then the story turns to focus on the woman who has had many husbands and is now living with a man who is not her husband. Jesus offers her living water. Living water, different from Jacob's well, different from any well that we would have around here, different from the water from our sinks, different from bottled water, different from even those expensive, those avian Fiji Springs water sources, Perrier. 
Jesus offers living water. Jesus speaks of the well this way. Everyone who drinks water, this water, will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water that I give them will never thirst. Will never thirst. And then at the end of the festival in John chapter 7, Jesus proclaims again, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. See, here is where I equate thirst with relationship. Jesus Christ was inviting all who desire this relationship with him to come and drink. For if they would, they would be satisfied and they would thirst no longer. And so I believe that Jesus was thirsty for the relationship between his human nature and God. You see, although there were two definite natures within Christ, fully human and fully divine, these still were two natures bound up in one human being. The human nature still had the same emotions, fears, temptations, and thirst that we all have. This is not far from another group of words that that Jesus used from the cross that we just heard a couple of weeks ago. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And so whatever you believe about the possibility that God turned his back on Jesus for a moment on the cross, one of the reasons that I had brought this up was that you could see the human nature of Jesus feeling the separation from God fearing the gap in that relationship with God, the Father, and thirsting for its reconciliation. Thirsting for reconciliation. I mean, this would be devastating for any of us, especially for Jesus Christ. In that moment when the weight of all the sin of the world fell on Christ's shoulders, he thirsted. He thirsted. He longed for the close bond and relationship With the Father. This bond which is expressed in John 14 verse 9 with with these words. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. The Father and the Son being of the same substance exhibiting the closest bond ever. And now with his words on the cross, Jesus Christ is once again showing us how to live our lives how to live that Christ-like life. I thirst shows us what we should desire, what we should thirst for, but do we recognize it? Do we recognize it? Do we know what we are thirsty for? As we lay dying in our own little worlds, we cry out, God, we are thirsty. We are thirsty for more of you, God. Don't we find that when we are facing trials, when we're being tempted or feeling lost and alone, that we thirst for God's presence with us in that very moment? We long to hear his voice say that that it's okay, that he will take care of us, that, that God's got this. But too often we are searching for our own voice, our own reassurance, that reassurance in our own abilities. 
After all, this world teaches us to be self-sufficient and not to rely on anyone else because we certainly can't count on them. So I want to tell you today that it's okay to be thirsty. It's okay to thirst for God in every situation, in every day. The psalmist has written it down so beautiful. And you know this psalm, Psalm 42, verses 1 and 2. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living water. When can I go and meet with God? Do you ask that question of yourself? When can I go meet with God? Do you have to come here in the building? Do you have to be worshiping online? Is there a special place that you have to be to go and meet with God? No. It's in our times of of being alone with God. In our times of reading scripture, in our times of prayer, in our times of worship. This is where we go and meet God. This is where we can go hear the beautiful voice of God speaking words of life to us. But we have to be intentional about it. We have to set aside time during the day to intentionally spend moments with God, listening for his voice, discerning his guidance, and feeling his love. Can I ask you, how are your 15 minutes? I know it's been a long time since I've asked that question. You still doing your 15 minutes? For those of you who are kind of going, 15 minutes, how? 15 minutes of spending time with God each and every day. Spending time alone, beginning of the day, at the end of the day, wherever it may be, spend just 15 minutes. It's real easy. It's half a sitcom. (laughs) I think you can spend 15 minutes alone with God. Because too often we get busy with our own lives, so much so that we forget to spend our 15 minutes. We forget to spend some time reading scripture or praying We're too busy trying to serve God by maybe organizing the next potluck, practicing with the choir, serving on church committees, or the many other things that we do within the church just to kind of keep it running. We're too busy doing all of those other things and therefore neglect our relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. God certainly says that all of this service that we are doing is good, but if it sacrifices our time with him and our discipleship and our growing in our knowledge and faith of him, then it is nothing. And it is nothing. I would say, like Paul says, it is a noisy gong. If it's not focused in knowing more about God and building that relationship. We need to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, which enables us to serve others in a way that we have not seen before. I mean, you wouldn't, this goes back a few years, you wouldn't start a game of flashlight tag with weak batteries, would you? Why would you attempt to serve others without the almighty power of God within you? Right? We need to take the time every morning, reading scripture, praying, feasting on God so that we never become dried up. We need to drink up fully of God's love, God's mercy, forgiveness, 
and grace and power so that we can serve him fully. We need to develop that insatiable thirst for God that we will not sacrifice our time with him. That when something else comes up, they say, no, 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 hang on, no. I need to spend time with my God. After that, we're good. We need to be like that night after softball when it didn't, no matter, it didn't matter how much water I drank, I still wanted more. I still wanted more. We need to always want more. More of God's voice, more of Christ's redemptive power, more of the Holy Spirit's encouragement and conviction in our lives. And the only way that we're going to get that is through spending time. Through spending time with God. Reading, studying, praying, meditating. Being filled with the Holy Spirit. So that we can in turn go out and serve where God has called us to. Will you pray with me? Almighty God, we thirst. We thirst for more of you. We thirst for a true relationship with you. A knowledge of who you are. And an acknowledgement of the grace and the mercy that you give us. God, we know Jesus spoke these words from the cross telling us that he thirsts. But it's a reminder to us today that we need to also thirst. For we do not want to be near death and thirsting for more of you because we have abandoned you. Let us truly search you out and welcome your spirit within our lives to guide us, to strengthen us, and to encourage us along our journey of hope. God, give us that for each step that we take. And most of all, make your presence known to us. All this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we get ready to go forth from this place, knowing that God desires us to spend time with him, may we too then in turn say, yes, God, I will spend 15 minutes or a half hour, whatever it takes. But I will intentionally spend time with you. Especially during this season of Lent that we can reflect on where God is in our lives and what God has done for us. And so now go, knowing that the love of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with you. And it goes with you always. Amen. Amen.